Good morning, everyone. I hope you're all doing well on this beautiful Tuesday morning after Memorial Day weekend. I wanted to just start by apologizing that a couple of weeks ago I gave a meditation on the priestly benediction, um, which I stand by that meditation, but I think I thought it was Parshat Naso back when I did it. And it's not. In fact, it's this week. So um, I'll just say the meditation still stands, but I gave it a little early. And if you tune in this Friday, I might have some variation on that theme uh, at services. And, but this time, it'll be the right time to do it. I also I want to just um, let people know that we have a few more weeks of meditation before we take a summer break. Um, I'm going to be in Israel for the last of my Hartman summers and uh, gone for a chunk of time. And then when I come back, I'm in kind of high holiday prep mode. So we often take this summer break, but I will be back. Um, I love my meditation circle, um, but it gives me a little chance to focus on other work that I have to do as well. We have a few more weeks though, don't worry. So, This weekend, I was able to get away and had the fortune to take a really nice long bike ride with my husband, which is something I love to do. And it's a route I've taken before out to this beautiful island that has very little traffic. But the ride out felt so different and so difficult because the wind was so strong. You don't always notice the wind, but suddenly when you are balancing on two wheels, and the wind is coming at your face, you can feel a little bit like the road runner who's like spinning and spinning your legs into like wheels, but but you don't feel like you're moving at all. The ride was bearable, but exhausting until I got to a hill and went with the wind against me, I could barely make it up. I had to clip out for a moment and um, <laughs> walk it. I caught my breath and I was not sure I could keep going. But when we finished the last loop and started heading back, suddenly, of course, everything changed. We had the, not just the proverbial, but the literal wind at our backs. And it really felt like there was a hand on my back pushing me forward effortlessly. I was flying. I'd never quite understood that expression so literally and really truly felt the power of what it feels like when you've got the wind at your back. I was reminded of a session I had just a few weeks ago with our LCLJ sixth graders. Uh, Every year I give a talk with them about God. It's one of my favorite things I get to do. And a child asked me, how do we know God is real when we can't see God or draw it or touch it? And I said that we can only describe God in ways that human beings could understand. But I asked them, can you see the wind? Can you draw it for me? Can you actually grab or touch the wind? And of course, the kids said they couldn't. I mean, they could draw approximations of the wind with, you know, big puffy cloud bubbles, but that wasn't actually the the wind. It was just an approximation of the wind. There's no way to actually see it or touch it. 
So I asked them, then how do you know that the wind is there? How do you know that the wind is real? And of course, they had wonderful answers for me. Well, it may, you can see the, the leaves blowing on a tree. And wind can knock down houses like in a tornado. Or they said, the wind makes my hair messy. I said, okay, you can't see it or hold the wind in your hands, but you're sharing with me all the ways that you are seeing its impact or feeling its impact, sometimes very strongly, sometimes almost imperceptibly, but that the wind is always there. And you will know the wind by what it leaves behind, the sand dune that it can create, the pile of leaves, the remnants of a storm, the messy hair. So it's not a bad metaphor for thinking about God, that perhaps we could understand God not because we can see God or touch God, but we can see the impact of God on the world a world that has been created with such beauty and uh, with forces that are beyond our comprehension. I was thinking that wind or breath, that's not a metaphor for God that I made up myself, obviously. Our ancestors also thought that was a pretty good way to describe God. Ruach, uh, which is wind in Hebrew, is also the same word as spirit. And if you recall in our creation story, we in the beginning were just a lump of clay. We were inert and inanimate until God blew into our nostrils the breath of life. And this is what made us alive. So the idea of God as wind or spirit or breath and that being an animating life force, um, this is as old as creation. Ruach is both physical and metaphysical, um, literal and metaphor. And there's precedent for understanding God in both those, those ways. In fact, in next, week, to, next week's Torah portion, we see the word Ruach in these two different ways. One is physical and tangible, and the other is more spiritual. So for instance, you'll hear ruach, the ruach nasa me'et Adonai, or a wind from the eternal started up and swept quail from the sea. So this ruach is the literal wind, the kind of meteorologic meteor, meteorological phenomenon that you can see the physical impact of. God, in this case, is sort of fed up with the complaints of the Israelites in the wilderness, and God causes a literal wind to blow up a bunch of quail up onto the shore, essentially, and they eat it all until they feel ill. Um, it's not a very nice ruach in this story, but, you know, I guess we deserved it. Um, so this is the kind of wind we can sense and feel in a physical sense. But also within this Torah portion, we see the word ruach used in a very different way. Viyared Adonai ba'anan ba'idaber elav 
And there it says, this was um, after Moses was very tired of leading the people anymore. And God descended in a cloud and spoke to Moses. And God drew upon the Ruach, the spirit of Moses, and he put it upon the 70 elders. And then when that Ruach rested on all of them, they became like prophets and they shared in Moses's burden. This time the Ruach is not describing God, but the spirit that was in Moses. And this time it's not a physical element of nature, um, but it is um, exactly the opposite. It's actually uh, an invisible force that exists within every human being. This time, instead of it being a punishment for Israelite misbehavior, this time this Ruach is at its very core, life-affirming, um, hopeful. And I think we have to think of Ruach and God in all of those ways. I use the metaphor of wind for our kids because I think it's something that anyone can understand. But in reality, I am just in a long line of rabbis who are trying to give words or metaphor or images for a power that is so beyond our comprehension, for a mystery of what it feels like to have the wind at your back and realize that there are forces in the universe that we will never fully understand, but that we can tap into and that we can recognize are deep within each of us all the time. So let's tap into our Ruach. I invite you to close your eyes if you haven't already, to offer thanks for this beautiful day. Thank you, God, for the gift of this day. And maybe you're sitting outside and you're actually feeling a little wind on your face, or maybe you're inside and you're not, but recognizing that there is that Ruach that is inside you always. And you know it's real because of the impact of that Ruach in your own life. Maybe this meditation is about recognizing that. So I invite you, if you want a mantra to use Ruach, if you want to just tap into your very breath, that's another way of tapping into your Ruach as well as well as the infinite Ruach around us. And don't mind the time.
May you have a blessed day.